1: Welcome to NFL Live. We're down to the final eight teams as the divisional playoffs are now set. You're looking at them. On Saturday, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs host the Jaguars, followed by an NFC East battle between the Giants and Eagles. On Sunday, Josh Allen and the Bills host Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The final team to punch their ticket, of course, the Cowboys. They did it in dominant fashion last night. Let's remind you how all that went down on Monday night on ESPN. Tom Brady and the Bucks and Dak Prescott and the Cowboys in the wildcard round we're going to pick it up. Cowboys 6-0 after missing the PAT. That was a theme. Brady with a few pump fakes. He flips it to Chris Godwin for 11
2: yards. Yeah, good little creative play by Tom. Third and four. Make sure you get a first down. A
1: couple plays later, second and goal from the Mm-mm. Cowboys. Five and Brady with the interception. This is where it really started to go bad.
3: J-Ron Curse right Yeah, shoot there. a three-pointer from the three-point line and don't look at the goal. <laughs>
1: look <laughs> to build off some momentum. The Cowboys on going one. for it on fourth yeah. and goal. Prescott faking the hit off. He takes it to the end zone himself. Cowboys now up 12 0 before the P team. Hey man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> it makes me cringe, guys. Uh, it, it wasn't a good night.
3: I just couldn't Brett understand Meier. what was happening.
1: Yeah, we don't know. That would be a theme. Final seconds of the first half, same Great score. Play. Prescott pressure, <laughs> rolling left, Sick. end zone to Dalton. That's Dolphins. one of
3: the best
2: plays we've seen Dak That's Prescott tough. make in a very long time, big time.
1: Another. Uh, that's the third missed extra point of the night. So Prescott doesn't like it. He's upset. The Cowboys still leading, 18 to nothing at halftime. Final play of the third quarter, same score. Bucks with first and ten for the Cowboys, 30. And Brady, Aaron went out deep to the left on the sideline for Julio Jones. He makes the touchdown grab. So now 24 to six for the Bucks after the missed two point conversion. Next Cowboys drive under 11 minutes go in the fourth. Good wide coverage. open, CeeDee Lamb. It? Good,
2: Good coverage. Goodness. Somebody goodness. on the defense does. He make the right call. <laughs> next me, coach.
1: Cowboys win big, and uh, Mike McCarthy busts the oh, get in the locker room. Hi. Okay, get excuse it, me. Dak threw four <laughs> touchdowns, ran one in for the, for the in win four mm-hmm. and he ran one and two. Becoming the fifth player in NFL history to have at least four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in a playoff game. Dak joining Aaron Rodgers as the only players to do this on the road. It was magnificent what we saw from Dak last Damn, night. Damn, I he saw that Detroit that.
3: Lions emblem. I was like, my boy threw four? <laughs> he
1: Toad did. 1957. Listen, I
2: had to be on the plane with you last night while this game was going uh-huh. on. It was an awful experience. Every time was right like for you. whack on my shoulder. Whack. It was like sitting next to a soccer mom and her daughter I, I, scored four goals. I'm like, dude, stop so hitting scared. I was so happy.
1: He's got some bicep bruises. He's yelling.
3: yelling. He's, but you weren't happy the first start of the game. You I were, wasn't. Kelly, what are you doing, Kelly? The first two possessions looked like the old Cowboys.
1: <laughs> That's Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes here with you for the hour. Dan, why was it so much better for Dak Prescott yeah. this week?
2: Uh, everything that he hasn't been, really, play-wise, over the last six to eight weeks, he was. I mean, he was very decisive. He was aggressive. There was confidence. I think the two words that stand out were conviction and he played free. Yeah. And it happened with both his eyes and then listening to them. This is against cover two. This This is the seam to Schultz, but for me, it's the moving the linebacker. He's steering basically to the sideline to get Levante David to horizontally get removed and then replace him on one hit. There's no waiting. There's no seeing if that happened. But believing that it's going to. But this is probably one of my favorite plays. Watch his eyes. He's going to peek all the way to the right as CeeDee Lamb goes in motion. And he's got a rail route and then essentially a post route. And here comes on the left, the shallow cross that sits down. He goes one to two to three. It was like the scan, right? You know when you see like a scanner (laughs) go left? That's exactly. And there was multiple clips of him. Him starting on one side of the field and just going across. They're starting Mm -hmm. on one. And. I just haven't seen that out of him, you know, in the past six to eight weeks. And I I think that's probably the best combination of performance between him and his play call with Callum Moore. It has to be said, he was absolutely phenomenal last night.
3: You talked about last week, Dio, of him doing too much, which was causing him to play slow and be very indecisive. Well, when you get Tony Pollard involved, it's no coincidence that this offense has a tremendous amount of success, especially on these own stretch plays. We talked about it when we were in Tampa yesterday, RC. I told him as defense guys, we know at some point the seam is going to be given up. If you just do it enough with explosive guys like this, you can get into a rhythm. Don't you think for one second that this doesn't ha- help Dak Prescott process everything that he's looking at? One, it puts the defense in a situation where we have to now respect that, which gives you free access to the middle of the field. You have opportunities to scan. But the most important thing Tony Pollard usage did last night, it slowed down the rush. Yeah, and we've seen this team. <clears throat> People have been pinning their ears back against Dak Prescott for the last few weeks and just getting after it. But Kellen did a good job getting the ball in I, I think hand. it's all, it's about Tony
4: Pollard and right the ways you get the football in his hand. I don't think Tony Pollard needs to become a 20 to 25 touch guy. And that's why his explosive touches are so big for this team. But it was also CeeDee Lamb. It was Dalton mm-hmm. Schultz. It was making sure your A players got the football in their hands in the positions that they can mm-hmm. to be the best they could yeah. possibly be. I don't feel like Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott Scott had been that throughout the latter parts of the <laughs> season, but yeah. we saw all of those things on display and got to see this offense it, um, operate at a very elite level.
5: You know, about halfway through the game, and I feel like I'm not alone, I started pivoting to thinking about the 49ers. Had to. Yeah, I was like, this yeah. is over, all right, yeah. let's watch right. that. And I think to your point about Pollard in particular, negating the pass rush, or mitigating it, rather, I was watching him and thinking, he better get the majority of the touches against San Francisco because that d- defense is much more vulnerable to guys who can stretch the field yes. horizontally, stretch them side to side a little bit. Yeah. And on top of that, I was also watching Dak Prescott running and thinking the same thing, again, to yeah. San Francisco. I mean, he only had 23 yards, but every single one of those yards Matters. was impactful. Sure. Yeah. And that's really the thing with him. It, you know, he, he doesn't have to be Daniel Jones. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> <But> no, <laughs> yeah, sure. 50 yards in the game. He just has to run when it's there. I mean, the touchdown was a tremendous bit of game planning, but for the most part, you know, it's scrambles as well, and that's going to be so important against San Francisco in particular because they do struggle with mobile quarterbacks.
2: And I think we all agree, Tampa's defensive plan was awful. Yeah. Right.
5: It was terrible. No, awful. it was bad. So right. credit
2: Dallas for taking advantage of yeah. it.
1: Yeah, but the Cowboys deserve a ton of credit offensively either way, as we've said. Uh, let's talk about the defense though, Marcus RC. We we uh we we've given uh-huh. all this time. We're six minutes in. We haven't given them some credit. Okay. So Micah Parsons was a problem for the Bucks Crazy. all game long. Crazy. He pressured Tom Brady nine times, the most pressures that any player has had in a game against Brady since ESPN began uh-huh. tracking that stat back in 2017. My goodness. On the nine dropbacks that Brady was pressured by Parsons, Brady completed two of his eight attempts, was sacked once, and gained an average of only 1.4 yards on those plays. It was a clinic defensively. Marcus, what did you like about the Cowboys' defense?
3: Okay, America, I'm going to embellish my – Colleagues that I sit on this desk with like we, we we do digest a lot of football. We watch a lot of film We try to have information for fans that they might not particularly look for during games. This one ain't hard (laughs) <laughs> okay, Dan Quinn kept Michael Parsons around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And it in turn it turned into them playing defense better because protection changes. And your ability to impact the passer changes. And even when he hadn't walked off the line of scrimmage, he gave looks like Michael Parsons would come down the middle of the line of scrimmage and at times did use the A-gap pressure with him and Lane Esch where they were able to get another pressure. But this is not this is not anything that we try to tell you guys at home <laughs> to make you see something different. What you see is what you get. If you put 11 around the line of scrimmage, it changes how offenses have to play you. It doesn't matter, he could stand still. And you could put him on the end of the line of scrimmage, and you have to determine how are we going to take care of this guy. Every single single matchup that he got on the outside as a defensive end, he won. It didn't, yeah. it didn't materialize as a sack. All of them wasn't even pressures. But the way that he impacts everybody else along the line of scrimmage, even the offensive line. I saw times with Michael Parsons lined up at outside defensive end where the center would peek out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like think about that for a Mina, second. So the, that, it, it was simple.
5: There was a snap early on where he was off the ball and Layton Vander. <laughs> it was lined up in the line of scrimmage. Oh, I knew my guy my God, was going nuts bro. watching that. But for the most part, he was on the line. That's not particularly surprising. It's obviously the right thing to do. But Dan Quinn did a few things in this game that actually surprised me. Um, hmm. A few interesting adjustments. I know you guys had some thoughts as well. So this defense, the Styles defense, plays more cover one than any hmm. team in the NFL. Uh, nearly 50% of dropbacks during the regular season. How many snaps? Last night, like two, maybe? I mean, it was very minimal. They came out. It was covered two quarters all night long. And then the other thing, all we've been asking every week, really, who's going to play cornerback opposite uh, Trevon Diggs? And this has been a problem with the defense. What do they do? They take their, their rookie cornerback, who's been tremendous in the nickel, Deron Bland, move him outside, yeah. then they put more safeties on the field because that's where they're deep. J-Ron as the big nickel. Israel Mukwamu, I hope I say his around Mukwamu, I thought, was excellent last night yeah. as well. So I thought it was a really good example of Dan Quinn saying, who are my most talented players? Let's put them Get in p- one positions one. to succeed.
4: Yep, she's right. <laughs> 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 You know what?
5: It takes a real
1: man to
4: that. Can I ask you a minute. question, though? <laughs> yeah. Watching
5: J. Ron Curse in particular at Big Nickel, did you think ahead to San Francisco a little bit there as well? Because I feel like having most seasons. Well, it, it, it so wasn't
4: low. about thinking ahead to San Francisco because if you watch throughout the season in single high, he's usually matched up on the tight end. So yeah. that brought me more to George Kittle and what that yeah. matchup would be like this week.
1: Uh, guys, Tom Brady had 31 incompletions completions last night, the most by any QB in a playoff game since 1995. Mm. I hate to add insult to injury there, but that's just what it was. Hey, if you watched the game last night, you saw the scary moment in the fourth quarter when Tampa Bay wide receiver Russell Gage was carted off the field after taking a hard shot to the neck. The Bucs released a statement earlier today saying that Gage has had movement in all of his extremities, will continue to undergo testing today. But we did see right. this tweet from Gage. She said in an update, I appreciated all of The text calls thoughts and prayers you all have expressed towards my family and I. I just wanted to let you know I am doing great and in great Mm. spirits. Thank you. So, excellent news there, and we'll continue to monitor that from Russell Gage. Hey, we're just getting started here on NFL Live. We'll discuss what Tom Brady should do next after Tampa Bay's disappointing early exit. Everyone's throwing out suggestions for Tom's next stop. Raiders, Jets, and a surprise team you don't want to miss. Plus, the 49ers have been lining up their talented weapons in different spots all over the field. But just what will the Cowboys be dealing with? Dan is going to explain why they're almost impossible to defend. A conversation's coming your way that you can't get anywhere else. Keep it right here. We
6: going up like what? We going
4: up like what? Tryna knock me down but I'm back up love We going up like what?
1: Pro Bowl games are coming to Las Vegas. The first five events of the skills competition are Thursday, February 2nd at 7 Eastern on ABC and ESPN. And yeah, Dan's right, we'll be there. The final four events, Sunday, February 5th, starting at 3 Eastern. It all culminates with three 7-on-7 flag football games with Peyton Manning coaching the AFC team and Eli coaching the NFC team. Yeah, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Time to read and react to some news and notes around the NFL. We begin with Jalen Hurts, who has played just one game since December 18th. He was asked today if he's worried about the Giants targeting his injured shoulder.
4: It's football. Um, you know, I, I, got a hit, I got a bounty on me every week. I go out there on the field, so i um, go out there and just play my game. You know, whatever happens, happens.
5: All right, so you know how Wink Martindale... The last time, or pardon me, uh, this wildcard weekend turned down that blitz style. You're going to turn it back up for this game. <laughs> but the last time they played Jalen Hurts in December, he blitzed on over 40, 50% of dropbacks. And honestly, it largely worked. Sacked him three times. Jalen completed just over 50% of his passes against the Blitz. So going into this game, I think that's job number one for him and offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. Be prepared against the Giants Blitz. Wow. Jalen
1: Hurts no longer on the injury report. So that's that's a good, good.
5: Thing. Hey, on the other side of this game, it's going to be the Giants
1: and Daniel Jones. Here's what he said about getting ready for those Eagles.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think I've gotten better, gotten better every week, so, um, you know,
2: certainly,
0: you know, feel like we've, um, you know, played well uh, to this point, but, you know, by no means are we satisfied with just getting here, and and there's a lot,
3: a lot of work to do for us, um, you know, and we're excited to do it. Dan, what impressed you about Jones last week? <laughs> uh, the
2: the connection and feel that he's found with Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins has got a really good understanding of feel, body language, how how that body language speaks to a quarterback, when and where to sit in zones, when and how to get into certain zone windows, and Daniel Jones has gotten to a place where he trusts all those. Uh, non-verbal things that the wide receiver is sending his way. That connection's been very impressive over the past couple weeks.
1: Uh, my job's in jeopardy. we got host Swagua. up. No, it's not. <laughs> hey, coming up off of bye week, no, Patrick Mahomes not. was asked about playing Jacksonville for a second time this season. Listen to this.
2: Uh, you have to prepare for what they did against us the first time. Um, but also with that in the back of your mind that they might change it all the way up and you have to have answers for that as well. And so uh, I think that's uh, what we do as a great offense is have answers for everything and I- I'm sure they'll, they'll have a good game plan coming in and we have to execute at a high level to have success.
5: RC, what do the Jags <laughs> need to do to slow, slow down?
4: <laughs> Well, defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell, one thing he needs to do is get this team to play better in the first half and early on in the game. But we've watched this team create pressure in the second half with full blitz looks, also fire zones, and some man-to-man. What is great about this team is I believe that they're strong in the safety position between Cisco and Rayshon Jenkins, yeah. and that's where you have to be strong versus this team. Also, at the linebacker position because of what Travis Kel and Juju Smith-Schuster can do in between the numbers. Mm. Who's
1: going to host next? We head to Los Angeles where Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi was fired today. Despite playing with a lead on every offensive snap, guys, the Chargers ran the ball by design on just seven of their 29 plays Almost in the second like half of the loss to the Jaguars. That's the lowest designed right. rush rate by any team when leading in the second half of the game this season.
3: Mark is right. move here by the Chargers. Oh, you're a good <laughs> well, well, the well, well, Marcus, yeah, it is the right move. Listen, I've been screaming this about Joe Lombardi, about an offense that was really too stagnant. We know Justin Herbert's talent has overcome some of the X's and O's, but they needed more nuance. They needed more things that they could do to kind of create some of the pressure and take it off of Justin Herbert in this offense. If it wasn't Justin Herbert pushing the ball downfield, it was Austin Eckler with a thousand carries per game. I think now you get an <laughs> opportunity to bring an offense coordinator in. One, gonna get him on the move and secondly get some creativity so Justin mm. Herbert don't have to use his howlitzer every single play in the football game
2: yeah Marcus great points did you know that during Joe Lombardi's two seasons as the Chargers offensive coordinator Justin Herbert was pressured more than any other quarterback in the NFL I great wow. back Dan okay yeah. let's Thank see you. who hosts the next look. block I'm
1: done here what am I doing still to come Kyle Shanahan <laughs> <laughs> using Christian McCaffrey in a bunch of ways which means he must have heard RC all the way back in October
4: it only works if Kyle Shanahan uses Christian McCaffrey out of the ordinary way he's used running
3: backs.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall.
2: Let's talk about the toughest, toughest team in the NFL to defend, the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm going to focus on one specific personnel grouping, 21 personnel, two back, one tight end. Why is it so difficult? Because we hear about the matchup nightmares. We hear about positionless football for the San Francisco. What does it all mean? Everything, the hardest part is before the snap. So 21 personnel, everyone at home needs to understand is two backs, one tight end. They could do so much of it. So it starts here. The two backs are Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk. Now, those two backs, McCaffrey's lined up as an ex-wide receiver, and then you switch Debo Samuel, who's usually there. He's at the tailback spot. Now, the one tight end is in your traditional alignment, George Kittle, and there's my one wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. There's one example of 21 personnel. McCaffrey is wide receiver. Now, we kick it out to Debo Samuel, and it's a huge run as we get to the perimeter. So that's that 21 personnel that looks like a 21 personnel traditional formation. Very next situation, 21 personnel, two back, one tight end. Now McCaffrey is one of those backs aligned where he traditionally is. The other back is Kyle Juszczyk, almost lined up as a tight end. The other tight end in 21, George Kittle's lined up as a wide receiver, Debo Samuel and Ayuk. 21 personnel. First clap, first clip looks like a 21 formation. This kind of looks like an 11 personnel, one back, one tight end formation, or even a four wide receiver formation. This time, you're going to get motioned by one of those tight ends, the traditional guy, George Kittle. We hand it off to our superstar tailback and Christian McCaffrey's out on the edge. So two plays, same personnel groupings, wildly different formations and alignments by guys. Another example, 21 personnel. There's our two backs. We've got Christian McCaffrey and Juszczyk. Both of them now are on the same side. The one tight end, George Kittle again in a very traditional tight end alignment. Our two wide receivers are now switched roles. Essentially Debo Samuel back at the tailback. McCaffrey lined up as a wide receiver. Is Kyle Juszczyk playing fullback? Is he playing tight end in this situation? You get another Another example of the versatility of these people, quarterback drops back, peeks to the right, I could throw the screen. If not, I use one-sided. And I think it's really important for everybody to understand and learn um, how difficult and why it's so difficult. And my question, candidly to all you guys, when I wanted to have this conversation was how do you handle it? How do you <laughs> prepare for it? How do you stop? Because I know offensively how difficult it is, but I think it'd be very cool for everybody at home to understand How challenging all those things that you present to a defense are out of the
4: very same personnel group. Well, the big thing is about how you game plan throughout the week, right? You have certain things that you do, like Marcus knows on Wednesday somebody gets up and gives you the run plan, and then somebody on Thursday gives you the pass plan, and you go through first and second down and third down. You actually need a day to just speak about 21 personnel. How are we going to play it? What are the tips and the tendencies? And so, that's the first thing we have to say is, are we going to play nickel to it? Are we going to play man? Are we going to go dime? Are we going to go big nickel, as we saw the Dallas Cowboys do? And maybe they do that this week because of the way they attack you inside the numbers. The other thing the san francisco 49ers have done that is smart brandon ayuk debo samuel christian mccaffrey all great returners in college now you have guys who can track Good the football point. also guys who can run with the football in their hands and have the vision to set up blocks that's how you have so much positionless football and versatility and, and i wanted to make sure everybody at home understood this so like let's
2: pretend it's first or second down and the previous play gets done we did this a little bit with mike mcdaniel and this the previous play gets done as, the, as Kyle Shanahan's sitting there calling his plays, and he's like, hey, 21 personnel, 21 personnel, and it's McCaffrey, Juszczyk, Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk, well, the defensive coordinator's got to go, okay, what's the 21 personnel yeah. for second and
1: eight,
4: down and didn't, you know?
1: And, and they so- have how much time to do that?
4: Six I mean you,
1: well, know me. you
4: have less than that because right now someone's signaling from upstairs. They're saying 21 21 21, 20. 21. Yeah, right. So you got to figure out if you're an oki or so yeah. and then and then like my question was gonna be
2: you have just play calls for that Five-second moment of 21 personnel and it's second and eight does it change when you see, oh, it's 21 personnel, but it's almost spread out to look like that 11 personnel formation. Honestly,
3: uh, like th- this conversation, and, and and I know when to bow out, this is more about what RC in the back end does. Because as defensive linemen, if you're in 21 personnel, our gauge has got to go off about what personnel are we in defensively. Mm. And then that's where this is a problem. Because do you play nickel? Do you play base? Because for me as a D lineman, if we in base and nickel, it doesn't change. We still have the same four guys if you have guys that can play one through three downs. The difficult part about this 21 personnel, though, is that you have big dudes on edges. Mm. Like with Juszczyk and Kittle, who are phenomenal blockers, you yeah. can get to the passing scheme and how you guys deal yeah. with that. But usually when you get outside running, it's a wide receiver cracking down. Right. It's a whole lot different when yeah. it's a fullback and a Heck tight yeah. end coming down on your defense. Everybody
5: end. can block. Everybody can yeah. run routes. Everybody can carry the football. It's like positionless basketball. So we're going to see the Cowboys try to take
1: this on, but yeah. Mina, when you look back over the entire year, which defense has had the most success against this offense? So
5: since the McCaffrey trade the defense that had the most success with him was the Saints uh, now this was back when Jimmy Garoppolo was still the quarterback right before it, the change but Went back and watched their reps. They held them to three yards per play out of 21 personnel. Uh, some of that was pressure. They had a lot yeah. of success winning up front, which is obviously, I think, the first answer to this, get pressure. But they really stuck to the same strategy throughout. They played base every on every down, three four three four yeah. four. So
2: base meaning four D linemen, and they played with three line- linebackers. Yeah, yes. 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 yep. sorry, four, okay. three, four. Yeah, sorry. Yep. And
5: then um, on most passing downs, they actually played man coverage, which mm-hmm. I thought was mm-hmm. interesting. Some of that is because they have linebackers who are capable of that yeah. on the Saints. But I I think because the 21 personnel in San Francisco, they're so good at putting zone defenders in conflict. There's a simplicity to playing man that I actually think benefited the Saints. You saw that when you watched them play. Whoever had Christian McCaffrey had him, regardless of what he was doing on every down. Um, And then the the final thing is when they did run, it was mostly five-man fronts. The linebackers were all super slow to trigger Mm -hmm. because they knew this could be literally yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything could happen right now. We are not going to crash on the run. We're going to be patient. So patient eyes from the linebackers are really important. I, oh, I think
4: a big thing, one, man-to-man gives you that, right? Because now if I'm on Christian McCaffrey, he will lead me to the pass or to his route by his track on the play-action face. On the outside, obviously, you won't get, you won't bite in it. Because like, if you're playing cover two, right, and I'm the trigger guy at the corner position, as soon as I see run to me and a tackle blocks down or a tackle doesn't stand up, I trigger and now you have crossers. If I'm in cover three and the backers suck up into the line of scrimmage. Now you can get behind them with the deep crosses across the middle. So it is so many different things that man allows you to do. The other thing is this, physicality. When you watch Mm. the New Orleans Saints game and you go back to that, they were physical up front, and you have a linebacker in Demario Davis who can play the run or the pass equally as well. What else else helped them was this, having guys like Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, Mm. right? guys who have played the slot position before, guys who are experienced and understand how to play the position. It's going to start with Dan Quinn saying, if we get second and eight and he come out in 21 personnel. Here are the three groupings we get, and this is what we get out of every grouping. Once you understand the tendencies burst based on formation, I think then you can cut down what you're anticipating
3: to play.
1: So so much of this is obviously about the linebacking core. Who has the defense to do this that's left in the playoffs? Who should we be looking out for?
3: So the reason why this is poignant, what Dan is saying is because the the great thing about Kyle Shanahan is he's always used the defensive principles Against you. Hmm. Like like RC is saying, them. he knows them. Yeah. Like RC is saying, when we get a certain look, we trigger, right? He plays you to trigger right. and then runs something off of that. You, people hear us joke all the time on the show when we talk about San Francisco, how they have four plays out of one play call. We're not lying. That's the truth. See, but, that's, but, but finish your thought because yeah, I have the, a question coming off so, of that. So, so when you when you think about like as we line up to play defense, and to your point, MK, when you play a man to man, you simplify it in your call. Everybody can get lined down. Mm-hmm. This is what you have. The other point is, and then what I was alluding to is the the genius of Kyle Shanahan and the personnel is. Dude, you got most of the time you got four backs, tight ends and backs in the open field against DB. Right. and secondary, he completely eliminates most of the time your right. defensive line and sometimes your second level guys. So
1: the give re- me a defense that matches up well though against them. I mean,
5: is there I, anybody that San Francisco know. matches up really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: maybe
3: Mike Practice helped, is
1: a
2: hell of a game. Maybe <laughs> <might> <laughs> oh, playing linebacker a little bit like he did last night, but my question for you guys was this, mm, like I don't and know. the reason I picked those clips was really important because the first clip They take McCaffrey, who's the tailback, and put him out as wide receiver. Seattle stayed in shell, mm-hmm. and they ran away from it. Yo. And I'm sitting there going, "Why would you stay in shell coverage versus Christian?" Mac- now, if it's Debo Samuel playing wide mm-hmm. receiver and McCaffrey's back there, different. Co- That's why I wanted to know. But the,
4: you called four plays, but do the defenses. Thing, do the that? thing is this, though, you don't adjust by adjust by who's lined up. You where adjust you adjust, adjust based on formation, yeah. right? You yeah. always have an empty check. An empty check, no matter what we call, we're going to go to this. But check. don't I get to you it, to do what I want then when you do that? No, That's, you you no, <laughs> we, you got to do what you want, well. That's what it's about. Right. Like, if you think your team is better when we can all see the quarterback, then see the quarterback. If your team is better when you can play man-to-man, then play man-to-man. Here's the problem with the San Francisco 49ers. It's not about getting people wide open. It's getting their people one-on-one with somebody that has to get them on the ground. Absolutely. It's about yards after the catch. Yeah. If I yeah. can create enough space where I say your guy has to be better than my guy yeah. in the open field, you betting on all those freaking so aliens other, and red other In other words, your trash you on can on fire,
3: your hedge is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> your call fire but we burning your house down all out of, and you and you putting out all of those all
1: out of one
3: one person and how
1: about the fact that you brought up the preparation time I mean both of these teams had to play a game but the Cowboys had to play one on yeah, Monday man. so yes, they sure. had less time to prepare yeah. for what they're going to see against San Francisco all right we got more coming your way here on NFL live don't miss this we got touchscreen Tuesday oh, with so these two guys Dan and RC right they're going to talk about the Cowboys defense how they sent the Bucks and Tom Brady packing it's all next on NFL Live. That's so fascinating. I, I love just it, think, guys. Like,
2: what, do you, but- when you check a fullback, he's a fullback. When he's a slot, are we really treating him as a fullback there? Are we treating him as a slot? You know, like. What,
3: uh,
2: look, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dan and RC. I'm in my zone.
4: This is actually my favorite day that we've ever done this. Kevin Byard may have picked off Dan's two favorite quarterbacks in the last two weeks. Thought we were close. So DBs like you can't put hands
2: on me at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what the hell they're playing. (laughs) He's actually where he's not Not supposed supposed to to be. be. Condensed splits, big posts, tutties. This what they
0: wanted.
4: This what they did. I'm in my zone. Listen, just because we're at the seaport doesn't mean it's not Touchscreen Tuesday. And y'all know what this was supposed to be. We were supposed to be talking about the GOAT Brady and the way that he shredded the Dallas Cowboys. But they had some tricks up their sleeves. Whether it was five-man or four-man front, they were going to add an extra blitzer and play defense behind it. And my goodness, did it work on the GOAT. Two clips.
2: Dan Quinn really treated second down like third down. That's when he got creative with his rushes. So when we break the huddle, the first thing we do, quarterbacks, offensive line, we get to the line of scrimmage and go, What's our front right now? This looks like a one, two, three, four, five man front. We got to make sure my five bigs, which are my five offensive linemen, block the five guys that we now. Now, the now bigs. what I want you to notice
4: here on the side, we have Leighton Vanderess playing in, and up top we also have another backer in bar. We have Michael Parsons here, who we know is the guy that they want to rush, and we're going to create a blitz-type pressure without losing our men up front that we drop now into coverage, so we can still have eyes on the quarterback. And
2: that's where you mess
4: me up is because your
2: four defensive linemen what we call bigs, are now inside. He's now a big off the ball, but my offensive line is really going to go to the five guys at the line of scrimmage. The second thing is this, RC. Right now, this to me as a quarterback, it kind of looks like what we're going to call cover three or cover
4: one single high at the the, the snap. So here's what's slick. It's actually going to be a two-deep zone, but by dropping Malik Hooker into this spot as the middle runner, you're going to get a three-deep type look, so now you can't pressure up the middle. Here's what's important, though. Leighton Vander Esch and Anthony Barr, they're going to draw the which is gonna leave Michael Parsons one-on-one with a backer. I mean with the running back in Leonard Fournette, and we think we can win that every single time. That's the terrible situation for me.
2: I just told everybody Michael Parsons, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, yep. right? I want offensive linemen to block him. But you talked about this, RC. This is a cover two look. Yep. So zone, I got seven guys, or you had seven yep. guys dropping in coverage, and you mentioned it. Micah Parsons, one of the best pass rushers in the league, trying to get blocked by Leonard Fournette. Impossible job for that yep. veteran tailback to go. You you got your cover two droppers, nowhere to throw the football. That's second and down. Dan Quinn yep. said if I get him the third down, the game's going to be over. Very next look, you're going to get a four-man front for me.
4: Again, I walk up to the line of scrimmage. I got four-man front with two linebackers yep. dropped off the football. So now, here's what's great, right? We're going to have guys lined up three across right here, so they're going to have to figure out on the move exactly what the call is. Here's the genius in what Dan Quinn was able to do. This is Trayvon Diggs. We're thinking that if Trayvon Diggs ends up being the slot defender on Mike Evans, that you're a man. Exactly. Because he's not an inside corner. Exactly. So I'm thinking man
2: coverage again. I got my five offensive linemen. I want them to block these four defensive linemen, and then maybe one of those backers. Here's Dan Quinn again. What he does, he drops those two defensive linemen. Lineman. Again, dropping those two defensive linemen. Squat corner, cover two safety. This defender
4: drops down, yep. and there's that matchup problem for me as an offense. So so you get the exact same thing that you got on the first call, but now what we're doing is we're going to defend deep by coverage. We have two guys high, and we're going to get the pressure by Michael Parsons up the middle. When you drop these two guys in the apex, you're telling Tom Brady, you have to check it down in order to make a play. Here's J. Ron Curse on the outside as well. They're making the Tampa Bay Buccaneers adjust to them by personnel, instead of the other way around. And this is why I want
2: to go back and show everybody this, because everybody at home might be watching this and go, well, he's got the tight end wide open. Yes, he's going to have this tight end we want to attack cover two. He's going to have that tight end bending on that seam. It's a beautiful job design-wise. The reality is this. There's that linebacker beating a tailback again yep. in protection. Tom Brady has no option to throw the football to because of the pressure by Vander and him getting his left hand up. And while that tight end's open, that matchup pressure again is what gets
4: me off the field. Here's why this is intelligent. What's the way to pressure Tom Brady? You want to put pressure into the face of Tom Brady in the middle of the defensive line. You were able to do that by adding a linebacker. Also, what was the only way to create explosive plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Get your best guy matched up on the second cornerback of the Dallas Cowboys who was now Deron Bland. Dan Quinn went to his playbook and said, you know what? We're going to use our best rooms and our best positions against the best player that's ever lived. And right now, that best player might be headed to Vegas or maybe even home.
1: Oh, more on that coming a little bit later. Hey. Nice little teaser there, RC. Now, and speaking of high high. Dan Quinn, new on home. NFL Live from Todd Archer, our Cowboys reporter, the Indianapolis Colts have put in a request to interview Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, according to multiple sources. Quinn scheduled an interview with the Denver Broncos on Friday, so we'll keep an eye on Quinn and potentially getting the head coaching job now. Let's get to Tuatunga by Loa The Dolphins season is over after losing to the Bills with Skylar Thompson Quarterback. When it comes to Tua's future with Miami, there have been questions on his health, the concussions this year, a big piece of that. Here's GM Chris Greer with their plans.
3: Yeah, I would
5: say with Tua, he's our starting quarterback. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how we could say it any (laughs) more clearly. We've been that way um, through this season and what he's done and um, what Mike and Tua, um, Bevel, Chandler, the coaching staff have all done. They've all worked tremendously hard, all of them together.
1: So Mina and Marcus, it is worth pointing out that yesterday Adam Schefter reported that the medical staff at Miami and other doctors that have been consulted say that Tua is not likely to suffer more concussions according to their evaluation. Of course, we have to keep an eye on that. But either way,
5: Mina, does it make sense for the Dolphins to stand pat at quarterback? Well, I think he certainly deserves another chance next season, um, you know, it provided, of course, that Tua Tengabailoa feels yeah. that it's safe enough for him to play football. Mm-hmm. This offense was rolling when he was under center Uh, there were some challenges even before he got hurt and I was actually I really wanted to see how Tua and Mike McDaniel would adjust to the way defenses were playing them. We didn't really get to see that. So I think next season they can learn a lot about okay defenses have gotten a lot better at playing this particular offense with Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. Let's see how Tua adjusts. But I also understand some hesitation about anything. Beyond next year, right? Given the injury history, and it feels yeah. very touch and go at the moment. Mm.
3: I think they need to be in a quarterback market this offseason. And it's really about what quarterbacks, though, like who's available yeah. for you that things you get gives you a chance. Look, we, we can't get rid of what we saw. And we know Tua came into the league with some injury history. Right. And when you're a when you're a general manager, and look, kudos to Chris Greer. Tua played well enough. To earn what you just said, Mina, earn another opportunity to, to con- continue to prove himself as a quarterback. But when we get to the point where we start talking about injuries, availability, at times, like, is this good enough for toe-to-toe with Josh Allen and the rest of this division when you continue to go forward? I don't believe that the Dolphins saw what they saw this year especially with the concussions, and thinking about Tua's availability, seeing where they were after the fact, right? Teddy Bridgewater was a good backup. But all backups are not equal when it comes to this specific scheme. I think they need to really take a hard look at, one, do we get another quarterback to protect Tua, or do we get a guy that's going to raise the level of play with what we did in the offseason to acquire some of these guys like Tyreek Hill, Terran Armstead, and on the defensive side, Bradley Chubb as well.
1: At the end of the day, you hope just Tua, the guy, is okay. Yeah, that's, and that's it, man. I think, like, paramount yeah. for him and his family. The Dolphins went 8-4, and four, by the way, in games that Tua Tungavailoa started and finished compared to 1-5 in games that he missed or left due to injury. We got more coming your way on NFL Live. Tom Brady and the Bucks faced a disappointing end to a rocky season last night. The question on everyone's mind, have we seen the last of Brady? We'll find out why Marcus thinks we might have. And then other people here are throwing out all kinds of great teams. Dan, what is what? that? Thank like, me all
4: these oh, <laughs> Lord, on. Got no back.
0: <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple.
3: If in fact this is it for Tom Brady, all I can say on behalf of
6: all football fans is appreciate the memories. Not the way we wanted to end it.
0: And there is a red zone interception for Tom Brady, his first as a Buccaneer.
6: Brady nowhere to go and he's sacked.
0: Obviously we came up short as a team and that's really all that matters. That's all I've really cared about was team success. And I love this organization. It's a great place to be. And thank you everybody for welcoming me. And I hope I gave the same thing back to you guys.
1: Last night's 17 point loss is the second largest loss of Tom Brady's playoff career. Brady and the Bucks finished the season 8-10, and the first time in Brady's career that his team had a losing record. That's kind of crazy to think about. This year, Brady posted his worst QBR in any season since that metric was introduced and averaged his fewest yards per pass attempt since 2002, which was just his second season as a starter. So now everyone says, all right, so the season's over for the Bucks. The season's over this year for Brady. Marcus, what should his next move be?
3: To go home.
1: <laughs> Hang it up.
3: To go home. To retire, okay? And listen, this is not about if Tom Brady could still throw for 4,500 yards or some touchdown. We saw arm strength from Tom Brady. We saw him push the ball down the mm-hmm. field. The man does not. He plays football with fear now. And that's the thing that's starting to kind of yeah. register to me when you see this last game, right? That pressure, it looked like he was afraid to take mm-hmm. contact. And when when you get to that point in football, that's no, like you playing quarterback, D-lineman, running back, it doesn't matter. When that physicality starts to get in your brain and it affects yeah. how you go about I doing do your job no and maneuvering <laughs> the pocket, it changes how you look at things. And then the other thing is this, like. You know for, for all of the for all of the talk about what situations he'll be in and all of that. There are variables to all of that Tom Brady thought he was walking back in the Tampa Bay in a perfect situation. Yeah. And it changed at the snap of a finger true. with a couple injuries a guy leaving to go to another team mm-hmm. and guys not being a part of uh, Chris Godwin out with a knee. You got all of those variables. So yeah. just to walk into a situation to me is is you rolling the dice.
5: The number that matters, is QBR 51's one's lowest. That's you know, believable. But QBR when pressured, 6.7. Mm. That's Ooh. same territory as Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Um, mm. And to Marcus's point, Straight. it very much showed itself. This is he just did not play well under pressure. Did not want to play under pressure. So I guess if he does still want to play football, and we saw like I think of the Carolina game recently, he still has the arm talent. Yeah. It really comes down to where he feels he has the best protection, and that's where I think it actually gets tricky because when you start throwing out the teams where Tom Brady might play, whether it's Tampa and they get some offensive lineman back and maybe move on at left tackle, Vegas, that's not a good offensive line situation. Mm. The Jets, you know, they're getting Becton back, Cali Vera Tucker, but there's not like a rock solid like, oh, you can go yeah. here and you're not going to get hit. And I think that's what makes this so tricky if yep. he still wants yep. to play football. So. I agree that
4: he should go home. I agree that Tom Brady has done enough where he doesn't have to take these beatings anymore. Here's what I know about boxers, though. Boxers don't get out of boxing because they can't punch. Boxers get out of boxing because they don't want to get hit anymore, or they can't avoid getting hit and that's where Tom Brady is right now But you're gonna ask yourself is Tom Brady one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world. He absolutely is Can he even be top 15 in the right situation? He absolutely can but if you bring Tom Brady on it's to win a championship if Tom Brady plays again It's to win a championship is there anywhere in the world we feel like when you place Tom Brady in this situation a place that needs needs a quarterback that Tom Brady wins a championship. I don't think we have that place right now. Hmm. One place ha- checks all the criteria in my mind. Carolina.
2: I, w- I think there's four things that have to happen for Tom. It needs to be a one or two year Super Bowl window. Has to have a tie ball- top five offensive line. I think Carolina is not they're, there but maybe getting, getting there. there. They
5: improved a lot. They need to have
2: two perimeter players that are dudes So they've got DJ Morrissey. They'd have to get one and they have to have a top 10 defense. So that, that's still, I mean, Miami doesn't have that. The Jets don't have that. Baltimore would be a complete overhaul. Washington have no clue right now. The Raiders, to your po- I think the one team that, like, if you're really being you honest, know, checks all those boxes.
5: You know what else maybe they have? Carolina. The NFC South. Yeah. So that's yeah. another way. <laughs> <to the> <laughs> An easy path. Joe yeah. Burrow,
3: Joe Burrow this year, all right, had a, a markedly better offensive line.
1: Yep.
3: Three of them gone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, you, it's too many to variables. Yeah. You can think yeah. that you've it's got too a great line, yeah. and all of a sudden you don't have one. All right, time for point. one more thing before we go. Speaking of an uncertain future for an aging quarterback, Aaron Rodgers made it clear nice. he wants no part of a rebuild in he Green Bay. Good. Listen to this.
0: I think no player wants to be part of any type of rebuild. I said that years ago. Um, Reloads are a lot of fun because you feel like you're close. You're only a couple guys away. You know, if they want to go younger and and think Jordan's ready to go, then then that might be the way they want to go. And if that's the case and I still want to play, then there's only one.
1: Okay, so remember that he's owed, like, $60 million in this next year. 60 is thing. <laughs> but he sounds man. like he ain't going anywhere.
5: Uh, that's what I thought, right? Anybody yeah. he, else? He sounds
2: Maybe. like he wants to play. He's
5: going to play? It would be very hard for Green Bay to move on yeah, but him financially. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. And that, that, to me, is the answer. I still think
4: if he plays, they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. I, I don't know if they're, they're not good enough to win a Super Bowl with the way they're constructed right now. Fair. And also, I don't know, if necessarily believe their their head coach is Super Bowl caliber. But if they can add some pieces around Aaron Rodgers and you could see him, then
1: see yeah. I mean, if there's ever a, step, step, a time to do step. it, the time is now, right? You don't have that many more years. They need okay.
2: the defense to get better. Okay. All right, we'll
5: see you tomorrow on NFL Live okay. from New York, by the way. You want to do another hour on Aaron Rodgers? they have a topic.